بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته Here we are going to continue discussion of the case of Tawheed or Monophism hoping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept our deeds hoping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will direct us all to be in the track of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam remembering that we are living in this dunya for a short time then we are living this dunya to the true life there is false life and there is true life true life is the judgment day life in Jannah or in hell na'udhu billah that's the true life this life we are living is only just a short period of time we are tested in it to see who deserves to be in Jannah and who deserves to be in hellfire when you see those people who have lived very long time let's take an example Nuh alayhi salam he lived about 1000 years or more but still it's already gone Where are the people who lived from the time of Adam alayhi salam up to now? How many people are already dead and buried? As mentioned in some of the Arabian or Arabic says, they say some graves became graves twice or three times. Here in Riyadh as an example, we have an, uh, an old cemetery or graveyard called Al-Ud that's in Batha north, south of Batha that graveyard is already used twice or maybe more than that it's very old cemetery after 100 years they, they just smash the whole cemetery and reuse it so how many graves are there how many people How many centuries, how many generations between you and Adam alayhi salam? All of them are, are gone. All of them are gone. How many centuries going to be between you and the last human being in this earth? Before the Yom al-Qiyamah. You didn't know, but they will come and they will go. So don't be tricked by shaitan and by this dunya. Thinking that I have to use this life to eat as much as I want, enjoy as much as I want, before I go. This is wrong understanding. This is the understanding of the Kafirin. That's why Allah calls them that they are worse than animals. They are worse than animals. Because animals, they eat, drink, do everything in their life because they are created this way while these human being animals are worse than that they, Allah gave them the brain to think to find out what are they supposed to be doing in this life they throw the mind aside and they just let the body drive them or let the body desires 
drive them in the wrong way. Look at the Kahirin, how are they living? They are just running and running every day to gain more and more money and more excitement, more enjoyment as they call it when they die. And when they die, they die while they do not want to die. But look to the true Muslim. The best example is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He lived and when it came that he was given the chance to guarantee Jannah for himself sallallahu alayhi wa sallam plus to live all dunya or to die and go to Jannah now he chose the second one. But he was given a guarantee by Allah wa ta'ala that he is going to go to Jannah even if he lived the whole dunya until the, the, last, the last day of this dunya. He did not want it. He did not want to live all the dunya. He wanted to go, as he said, Allah he wanted to go to Allah wa ta'ala. Why we Muslims are running after dunya and trying to gain much and much of it? Then the question comes in here. Does that mean, does that mean we are supposed to look for death? We are supposed to die? Another wrong understanding. What are, we, what are we supposed to do with it? We are supposed to use this life Allah gave us to satisfy the one who gave it to us. He created us for certain goals, certain reasons. We are supposed to try to practice this certain reason. We are supposed to try to satisfy him subhanahu wa ta'ala. He told us clearly, in clear ayah, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّةِ وَالْإِنْسَى إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Only for worshipping Allah. So we are supposed to live to worship Allah. Worship Allah by salah, by psalm, by hajj, by zakah, yes, but also by sleeping and eating and drinking and going and coming. So all our life is for Allah. As he told us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to say, قُلْ إِنَّ فَلَاتِ وَنُسُكِ Okay, that's the, the worshiping we know. Salat, hajj, umrah, we know that. وَمَحْيَايَ My life. وَمَمَاتِي Even my death. لِلَّهِ So if it is لِلَّهِ uh, uh, Allah is owning it, why am I supposed to do anything except that He wants me to do? That's why in Islam, the one who kills himself or suicide, he will be punished by the weapon or the tool he used to suicide in Jahannam. If he kills himself with a gun, he will be in Jahannam killing himself with this gun repeatedly. If he kills himself with a sword or a, a knife, if he jumps from a, a, a very high place, if he takes poison, he will have the same punishment in Jahannam. Is he going to be sent in Jahannam? No. Because this is a major sin and a major sin means a person will go to Jahannam for, if Allah does not forgive him in the first place, he will go to Jahannam for a certain time, then he will go to Jannah after that. But, even our lives, we do not own it. We do not own our money. We do not own anything, actually. Our ownership actually is limited. So, Allah owns everything. تبارك الذي بيده الملك Everything is for him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controls everything. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything. Human being could create, could own, could control. But these three things that really similar to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing is not actually similar. It's only limited. As an example, you cannot control everything you have in your life, even your children or your car. Your car can tell you just break down. Yalla. Control it. Can you? You can. You have to stop and go and find a mechanic to fix it. Do you own the money? Complete all ownership? No. How is that? In Islam, if you take out 500 riyals and start to burn it, you are not allowed. It's why money. Even if that's not your money, your, Allah gave you this money to do certain things with it. To test you how you are going to deal with this money. 500 riyals, if you buy things you need, your family needs, and so on, so you are worshipping Allah. If you give sadaqah from that 500 years, jazakallah khair, another worshipping of Allah. If you help the poor, you help the people, you, you give a, a gift to someone, it's another way. But the other guy who is using this to, to hurt himself, to do wrong things, buying cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, so on, then he is not allowed. But it's his, it's his money and his body and his health. Why you, are, why you intervene? No, it's not case of intervene. Because he's not owning his life. He's not owning his health. He's not owning his money. A complete ownership. Even in the Kaverine life, the freedom is limited by the other's freedom. Somebody say, well, in the West, as an example, there's complete freedom. Whatever you want to do, you can do. Wrong. Whoever thinks this, is, he's mistaken. Because there is a limit for your freedom, for his freedom, when does other freedom come? Uh, maybe I told you once I was uh, having some kind of uh, discussion with my messenger. A guy was saying that he's Saudi, by the way. He said, "No, I don't want this. I want, I, I don't want even Islam. Alhamdulillah. I want to be totally free." I told him, "You cannot." He said, "Yes, I can." He said, "No, you cannot." He said, "Give me a proof." I said, "Fine." Do you have money? He said, "Yes." Can you buy a gun with this money? He said, yes. Can you just play around with the gun? He said, yes. Can you kill someone? Well, uh, wait. Killing someone is not my freedom. I said, okay, so with your freedom I will stop. Because there is other freedom for others. Yes, you can buy, you can do, you can do, but you cannot kill. You cannot go for the other freedom. Ah, so your freedom is limited. Don't be tricked by the freedom in the West as an example where people can drink as they want, smoke as they want, do this. Ah, that freedom actually is actually given to the animals. See any animal, you will see that he has the freedom to eat. Sometimes, not all of it, of course, even some animals don't have freedom. But say, just imagine that animal is in the jungle. He can eat as he likes, he goes as he likes, he sleeps in the... Still he doesn't have a freedom. Beast. Animals, human being animals, are trying to have the freedom, but they cannot. In this case, we come back to the case of that the human being actually, in this life, is not free. He is tested. He is created for a certain reason, and he is supposed to work for this, what he is created for, in order to be safe in the judgment day. Tonight we have this chapter number 45, talking about cursing the time. Some people, when they have problems when they start to curse, to blame, 
the time for their problem. To say bad things. Actually, this is not in the same level. But before we talk about the levels of the cursing of the time, let's see what is the relationship between the Kitab al-Tawheed, the book of monotheism, and this chapter. The relation is that cursing the time is against the believing in the Lordship of Allah, which is one of the sects of Tawheed. Lordship of Allah is complete. And when He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, does something to His slave during the day or during the night, then the slave should not and does not allow, is not allowed to curse that time. In this case now, what Allah Ta'ala did in this time, what He Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala decided to happen in the day or the night, then He is owning the time, so he is, if someone cursed the time, then He is cursing Allah. So that is against Tawheed monotheism, so it is related to the book of Tawheed. Let's see now the case of, of uh, cursing or blaming the time. Is it the same level? Is it the same kind? No. Actually, Shaykh Al-Tabir as an example gave three kinds of cursing or talking about the time or blaming the time. Blaming the time. He said we should divide it into three levels. If someone is just killing, he's not blaming the time, but he's just killing. Like, he's saying, well, it's very hot. Today is very hot. Today is what? Very hot. He's just telling. He's not blaming now. He's not cursing. Same example is for Lut alayhi salam when he said about that day when he had a problem with the his people came to try to uh, rape the angels thinking that they are some good looking men. He said, هذا يوم عصيب A very hard day. This is just to tell. To tell a fact. That's no problem. That's okay. If someone says, oh, it's too hot today. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tired today. Uh, we had a very uh, windy day. That's fine. That's no problem just to tell. There's no blaming in here, alhamdulillah. The second type or, or kind of blaming or cursing the, day, the time is to curse it. To say bad things about it. Believing that the time is the one who does these things. Yeah, he is believing that the day is itself made these bad things to him independently now this is major shirk and major kuf person is out of Islam and he thinks that when he thinks that the day itself made these bad things to him as you remember we discussed so many cases like hanging an amulet or ta'weez we said that he believes that it is itself independently protecting him then this is major shirk now a person who is really blaming or cursing the time day or night or whatever it is now he thinking that the day itself or the night itself hurted him independently by itself then he is falling into major shirk and major shirk as you remember excludes from Islam totally as Allah told us subhanahu wa ta'ala in his holy book in so many evidence the third kind is to curse the time, believing that time is a reason or a place for these problems. He believes that these things are from Allah, 
يعني the tragedies, the problems, the heat, this is from Allah. But the, the, the day or the night or the time is the place of it or a reason for it. Then it is totally forbidden and it's haram. This one is what could lead to the major shirk. But let's just keep it in this level until now, until now to see how we can really divide it. This only just dividing to show or to explain how to deal with this case. But if we say, as we said in the beginning, the cursing itself or blaming itself is incorrect. And it comes only from people who do not have good faith on Allah wa ta'ala. When we remember that anything comes from Allah, when the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he told us that, that he is amazed of that mu'min who, when he has good things, he thanks Allah. And when he had bad things, he thanks Allah. How's that? Both cases are good for the mu'min. And it's only for the mu'min, as he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith. Now, if we have a very hard day at work, hard day in trouble, hard day hot, this, that, whatever, car broke down, this, we have to put in mind that this is qadr from Allah. Allah decided this to happen to us. Why? He hates us? No. But he is testing us. He's insisting us to see, to tell us, to show us how are we going to deal with this. Some people when you see him, subhanAllah, even while he's in tragedy, he smiles. He takes things easy as they say. No, he's not taking it easy actually. He knows what he's doing. He knows that this is from Allah and he accepts it from Allah. He's driving his car for some reason, his car at 12.30 in the, in the, in, in the moon broke down. MashaAllah, and it's very cold at uh, that time, right? He's boiling again. Life is boiling that day. Well, his car is broke down. What is he going to do? And nobody's there. SubhanAllah. Then he remembers that's from Allah. Allah is testing him. He will say, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Then he starts to correct this problem. But he doesn't start to blame the time or curse the time, curse the car, curse that, curse this, until he curse Allah. And that happens by some Arabs, by the way. Some Arabs, we have some Arabs who curse Allah and Allah. And that's known as very clear. Nobody يعني, can really uh, deny it. It's known and uh, some Arabs are saying Allah. So in this case now, a mu'min really, and that comes in the case of Qadr, he knows that whatever comes from Allah is good. For sure. Whatever comes from Allah is good. And we thank him for it. Good or bad for us. Maybe we think, think it's bad, but it's good for us. A person who loses all of his money. He was a, a wealthy man and, uh, and all of a sudden the money is gone. He, he jumped into the, the share market and he lost all his money. Could be good for him, but he doesn't know. Because if he's so wealthy, he may do a lot of things which could keep, lead him to cover. Or bad deeds, a lot of bad deeds he will lose in the judgment day. So don't think we know better than Allah. Allah knows better. So whatever he is, making qadr for you, whatever he decides for us, we should accept it because we know it's the best. Because he knows better for us. He knows the best for us, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are the, the cases on the types or uh, yani kinds of cursing the time. Uh, somebody will ask, which comes, will come to us in the, in the ayah and the other hadith, some hadith in here, can anybody bother Allah? 
يعني دي دي دي, دي chapter headline says whoever cursed time has wronged Allah wronged or bothered can somebody do this to Allah? no of course not but actually we have to differentiate between two words in Arabic Ada or Ada and Dharar Ada means bothered Dharar means hurt the first one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it is happening to him one of the eyes will come subhanahu wa ta'ala he subhanahu wa ta'ala confirmed that human being bothers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by their bad deeds bad actions but they cannot hurt Allah so we have to differentiate between these two things or two levels bothering and hurting hurting cannot be done to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bothering yes he gets bothered with these people who are doing bad things he is giving them all kinds of graces and they are disobeying him and using these graces against him subhanahu wa ta'ala which is very dangerous as you see right let's see the ayah and two hadith in this chapter the ayah is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَقَالُوا مَا هِيَ إِلَّا حَيَاتُنَا الدُّنْيَا نَمُوتُ وَنَحْيَا وَمَا يُهْلِكُنَا إِلَّا الدَّهْرِ the Kaderin actually and the Hippolyhus they say there is no judgment day it's just women give birth or you will die that's the life give birth die give birth die that's it and that's one of the bad doctrines among the Arabians in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one of them came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he brought an old boom and he smashed it right there in the face of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and say you Muhammad say that this boom will come alive again so Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam answered him for a strong answer he said yes and you will come also and you will be in Jahannam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at that time that this person will never be a mu'min he will die as a kafir and he will be settled in Jahannam so Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him this fact and this was true that man stayed as a kafir for a long time ago after this incident and he died as a kafir and he is in Jahannam so that's part of the first part of the ayah the second part of the ayah is وَمَا يُهْلِكُنَا إِلَّا الدَّهْرِ means that they are cursing the time. That dahar or the time is really killing us. Killing us. It is killing us and destroying us. So they are blaming the dahar, which is time, of their death. Of course, every Muslim knows that they die because Allah decided they to die. And also, they, we die because they, our time is finished and limited. Some people will live 100 years or more. Somebody will live only two days, three days. You go, if, you, if you, have, you have a chance to go to an Nassim graveyard, go there. You'll find some area of the graveyard where their graves is this much only. This much. Children of few days or less or more. And there's a place for mashallah adults. You'll find some people who are buried more than 100 years. I buried one of my relatives. He was more over 100 years. Before he dies, he was like this. He walks with a... And he, like this. When he died, he became, subhanallah, very lenient. I carried him myself, I put him in the grave. 
Subhanallah al-Azim. And that's inshallah khair. We believe that he is inshallah a good guy. Then he brought the hadith which is in Sahih al-Bukhari and Muslim. Abu Hurair radiallahu anhu said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala Allah ta'ala. This is what we call, what you call hadith Qudsi. Qudsi means that Muhammad sallallahu is telling us about what Allah said. Now let's get a brief discussion about this three kinds of uh, wahi whispering Quran Hadith Qudsi Hadith Nabawi Quran Hadith Qudsi Hadith Nabawi Quran is clear it's from Allah both meanings and words that's it clear Hadith Qudsi is from Allah meaning the meaning is from Allah the words are from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but he is mentioning that Allah said قال الله now while the regular hadith is the meaning from Allah and the words are from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but he is not saying say Allah said he is just giving the hadith from him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but even the hadith itself actually is not from Muhammad Sallallahu mind. It's another wahi. Who said so? Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala told us in his holy book. وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَىٰ So whatever he said Sallallahu Alaihi is wahi. Doesn't he make mistake? No. In the case of Sharia there is no way. As if he ever make any single mistake like the case of Abba Tawatawalla Allah will correct him directly there are some certain cases like case of the blind man when he came while Muhammad was busy with the very important leaders of Quraysh and he wanted to call them for Islam and they were يعني, coming to Islam somewhere or another this blind man came he doesn't know who was there so he said Ya Rasulullah please teach me so Rasulullah was and he like, if you are busy, if your children come to you and you are busy, you say, Yalla haruwa malay badin. Muhammad was so busy, not for himself, but for this deal. He wants these and leaders of Quraysh to accept Islam, then all Quraysh will accept. And that blind man didn't know. He came there to tell me. So Muhammad did not say any bad word to him. He did not say But he just, he looked at him with, with, with uh, his face. Allah did not let him with this. He directly, subhanahu wa ta'ala, descended this surah. عَبَسَ وَتَوَلَّا أَنْ جَاءَهُ الْأَعْمَى وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ لَعَلَّهُ يَزَّكَّى He did not let him just to go with it. He corrected him, سبحانه وتعالى. طيب. Again, when he, صلى الله عليه وسلم, in Surah Al-Talaq, he made something halal, haram for himself. Allah did not let him. He directly corrected him, سبحانه وتعالى. طيب. Somebody say, why is this, يعني, why to say these things? about Muhammad for your information these two cases and other cases actually are a fantastic proof that Quran is not made by Muhammad if it was made by Muhammad he will not mention these cases he will not mention things that he made a mistake with he will move it from Quran he will not say it at all but because it is there then we can say clearly that this Quran is not from Muhammad it's from the Lord of Muhammad Again to say, Quran from Allah meaning and words, hadith from Muhammad meaning from Muhammad words. In the hadith Qudsi he said, Allah said. Right. Come back to the, the hadith in here that Muhammad said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the meaning of what he said. 
ابن آدم لفنف آدم not hurting me remember this case where we said bothers me يؤذيني ابن آدم how is he bothering Allah سبحانه وتعالى by cursing the time he said وأنا الدهر I am the دهر I am the time أقلب الليل والنهار he make the time from day to night night to day he is changing سبحانه وتعالى when James the Prophet says, wait, wait, wait. you say the hadith he said which is Sahih Bukhari Muslim وأنا الدهر so the name of Allah is the دهر wrong be careful some people some ulama actually misunderstood this case and they said one of the names of Allah is the دهر upon this hadith which is in Bukhari Muslim no because if you read the rest of the hadith if you just get it all you will see that he is not saying that his name is الدهر he says that أنا الدهر means I am the one who is controlling the دهر or the time Especially if you come back, uh, if you go on and you see the rest of the hadith is saying that he's moving the day and the night. So he's controlling the day and the night. So he's the controller of it, he's the owner of it. So his name is not Ad-Dar, no. But he's like he's saying that I am the owner of the Ad-Dar, I'm changing it as I like. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then human beings are bothering Allah by cursing the time, so we should refrain from doing this. Then we have the other hadith is which is in Muslim, of course it's Sahih, in this case it's Sahih. Muhammad Sallam said, the meaning of what he said, do not curse, do not blame the time. Allah is the time. Again to say, doesn't mean that Allah is, his name is the time or he is the time, but it means that Allah is the owner of the time. Uh, just an example if someone curses your car or curses your things you love you own it you will be angry although he's not cursing you he's cursing your car your mobile or this thing you will, you will be bothered why, why you do like this this is mine why you say this bad things about my things Allah high above he doesn't like us to curse the time or the dahr. So we are supposed to refrain. Especially if we remember that one of the kinds of cursing the dahr means to fall into polytheism, major polytheism. That's really a quick explanation of this case, of this chapter. I hope that it's clear enough. Inshallah. If you have any questions about this topic, I'd be happy to hear from you. Okay. Well, you, you are not here in the beginning of the dirt. You, you are not here in the beginning of the dirt. We said that cursing the time is three levels, or three kinds, or three types. It could be okay by just if you are telling that the day is hot, or the day is this, or very hard day, that's okay. And as Lut said, alayhi salam, yawmun aqib. Very hard day. That could be major shirk if someone says that he's cursing the time, thinking the time is the, effect, the, the one who is affecting by itself independently. And it could be only haram if the person knows that it's, the time is the reason or the place of the wrong things, and so he cursed the time for that. But it's not always in the same level. Yes? 
Okay. That could be closed. We will have, inshallah, another chapter later on discussing the case of cursing the wind. And there's very clear evidences to, to not to allow human beings or Muslims to curse the wind. What about other things? There is some ulama, long time ago, said that if you start to say bad things about the creation of Allah, then you are sinful. Anyone who can say, this is this ugly dog, this ugly thing, this ad- then he is really making a sin, because the one who created the dog is Allah But that cannot be really taken for granted unless there is evidence of it. Making fun of what Allah has created is another case. That's not allowed, of course, because making fun, clearly we have an eye on that. Especially if they are human beings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Hujurat, Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu la yakhar qawmun min qawmin asa yakunu khayran minhum. Wala nisa'un min nisa'un asa yakunna khayran minhum. Wala tanabazu bil alqab. Ah, so we are not allowed to call names. That shorty guy, that uh, black guy, that this, that. No, we are not allowed to do this. We are not supposed to make fun of the other. You know? So some Muslims or some ulama said that goes also for animals. Because the one who created them created them good. So why you need to make fun of them? That means that evidence. It's a matter of time. Well, well, I understand from... It's a matter of time. I think this is used different ways. When we said that they're saying that a matter of time means... يعني, leave it for the time, so take time, then it will go. So that's okay. You say it's a matter of time. يعني, uh, a person who's having a tragedy, you will say it's a matter of time, he will forget, inshallah. Yeah, so it's, it's not a problem. Yeah, leave the time, he will take the time, then he will go. But he's not, he's not putting anything on time, whether cursing or giving the time any kind of uh, yeah, effectiveness. It's a matter of time, it's all right. Yeah, it, will, it, will, it will go with the time. You have to remember that Ulama Rahimahumullah starting from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the Sahaba and later on they come and study the evidences now let's take it as يعني, uh, academic way we have the word shirk in Quran and Sunnah we take every evidence any ayah in the Quran talking about shirk Take it and bring it. Any hadith from Muhammad Sallallahu talking about shirk, bring it. Bring them together, study them. Each one of them you will see, some of them will, will point to a sin that Allah will never forgive. إن الله لا يغفر أي يشرك به. And some of them will point to another kind of shirk which Allah Subhanahu will forgive or may forgive. It's called shirk, polyism in Quran, it's called polyism in the hadith, but it does not go to the extent of major shirk which exclude from Islam and settle in Jahannam. 
So in this case now, upon these ayahs and hadith, we understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to understand that polytheism could be major shirk, shirk akbar, which will exclude from Islam, and a person who is doing it is not going to be forgiven, and going to be settled in Jahannam, and so on, which is clear ayahs, and a lot of ayahs of Quran. Some other ayahs, some other hadith will tell us that this kind of shirk he's talking about is not going to, do, to go to the extent of excluding a person from Islam, or settling him in Jahannam, but it is a way to. It is a way to. If he continues it, into it, he will go. It's not only for shirk, also for kufr, also for hypocrisy or nifaq. Also for bid'ah. So any sin, you could, um, major sin you could do, you will see that it will lead. But you have to study the ayat or ahadith of Quran Sunnah to see this. Let's take an example of hanging an amulet. Hanging an amulet, or as you call it ta'weez in Urdu, it's actually Usually it is a minor shirk Because there are some other hadiths to show That this hanging is not going to take the person out of Islam totally Although it's called shirk Man ta'allaqa tamimata faqad ashrak That's a clear hadith But what kind of shirk is in here? Is it major or minor? We have to find another ayat and hadith to support this case We find another hadith that this is not going to go to the extent of major shirk Some other hadith and ayat if you study it incompletely so we understand that this case is not a major shirk. Fine. Hanging an amulet is service could be major shirk also. When? When the person thinks that this amulet independently will protect him. Not by Allah, no. It's by itself. Then it's a major shirk. Dependence on the others. You can't depend on some people. It's allowed in some cases. It's a minor shirk in some cases. It's a major shirk in some cases. It depends on how strong dependence in here. If he relies on this person totally, it's a major shirk. If he relies on him in some cases, thinking that Allah is the one who is giving, but this person is the reason, then it is minor shirk. When he relies in someone who is less than him, like if you are in a company and you have, uh, what do you call him, uh, a representative of the company to go to Jawazat and so on, so you give him your passport to make a visa for you, now you rely on him, but this reliance is from top to bottom. Then it's okay. But if the reliance from bottom to top, it is not okay for human beings. Only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you have to, to in order to, to measure something or to, to judge something, is this major shirk or major or minor? Is this major kufr or minor? Is this major hypocrisy or minor? You have to study the, all the ayah. As we said before, this is the way of ulama. The correct ulama. When a Muslim want to be so clear in his deen, he must study the evidences first, then have his opinion later, not vice versa. People of, of bid'ah or novelty, they have the idea in their minds, and they go and grab evidence for it. Then they make a lot of twisting of the ayah to, to serve their idea, which is a very bad thing to do, it's a, a novelty is not allowed in Islam. But the true Muslim will come to Quran and Sunnah. If he can read Quran and Sunnah and understand it, he reads Quran, he takes a note of every ayah talking about shirk. Then he reads Bukhari, Muslim, other books, takes every hadith talking about shirk. Studies them all, understands them all, then he will segregate which cases are major shirk, which, which cases are minor shirk, which major, which cases are okay. Take another example. I don't want to take it so long, but this is a very important point. Show off. What do you think of it? 
Is it major shirk or minor shirk? Minor shirk? Always? No. Sometimes Jove is, is a must. And it's a good deed. And that happened in time of Muhammad sallallahu When Muhammad sallallahu called people for sadaqah, nobody came. A man among the Sahaba went to his, to his house and he brought a very heavy bag of food. And he put it in front of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam while others are looking at him. Then people start to give. Then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi gave a proof that what he has done is fantastic. And he said, whoever make a sunnah. And he's not making a sunnah from his own, but he is urging the others to follow the sunnah. Then he is what? Having his ajr, his deed, plus the coming of the other deed. Now, shofan here is needed. So how are we going to measure it? Depends on the niyyah, the intention. What is the intention of a person who came now to talk about Islam in front of the other? If his intention is to help Muslims to, be, to know, the, uh, the, know Islam and to make da'wah to Islam, then he is inshallah very good. If his intention is to, uh, to show off, mashallah, he wants to show that he is a sheikh and he speaks, then a'udhu billah. And if his intention is just some other thing, then so it depends on the intention. Imam, when he prays in the front of people and he makes his voice in the Quran fantastic, the best he can. Is this a show off? Show off? It is a show off. But what kind of show off is it? If his, in, his intention is to make people having more khushu' and listening to Quran, Jazakallah khayr. But if he is making this because he wants to keep his job, ah, there's a problem here. If he is making this because he wants people to applaud him or admire him, say, MashaAllah, that guy, MashaAllah, his voice, he Then he is losing the ajr. So it depends on the intention. Again, to say, Never make any judgment for anything unless we study Quran and Sunnah. This is our resource. This is where we get our deen from Quran and Sunnah and we follow. If I can read Quran and Sunnah, I will ask ulama who read Quran and Sunnah. Not every one of us, including me, can read Quran and Sunnah and understand it. So what do we all do? We'll go to our Shaykh. Shaykh, we, we, read the, we really think that they are following Quran and Sunnah, not they are just fanatic to their madhab. And this is another problem. Fanatic to, be, to madhab, this is another case. Hanbali, Shafi'i, Maliki, Hanafi, he's so fanatic to it, he doesn't care about the other madhab, he doesn't want anybody, it's only my madhab is correct. Then he will one day come and twist the ayahs and Quran and Hadith to, to serve his madhab. Ah, that's a problem here. He will change the meaning of the Hadith or the ayah just to avoid this ayah will contradict with his madhab. Ah, that's another problem. So a Muslim really should be so clear when he deals with, with this deen to go to the major source of Islam, Quran and Sunnah, study it, understand it, then give the understanding of it. I can't, I will go to my Shaykh. My Shaykh who knows Quran and Sunnah and speak Quran and Sunnah, not my Shaykh who are really in my madhab, who are really fanatic to my madhab and they don't care about the other, and they don't want to hear anything about the other madhab. No. I'm talking about those, those Shaykh who studied Quran and Sunnah and they can understand them and really know good enough knowledge of Arabic language, they can understand what Allah said in his holy book, which is in Arabic, what Muhammad said in his hadith, then he will give the judgment. He may mistakes, yes, but he must make mistakes actually, because he's a human being. But still he is doing what he could do. He has done his best, and he is having a reward for that even, even if he makes mistakes. Hadith of Muhammad that if someone makes jihad, and he is eligible for jihad, of course, not anyone. If he makes it correct, he has two ajr, two ajr, two rewards for his ijtihad, for his correct. If he make a mistake, he has one ajr only, one reward, 
for his return. He made a mistake. Yes, he made a mistake. But he has done his best. So that urges you and me and the others to go and try to be mujtahid. And mujtahid, as you know, is level. Someone can be mujtahid only in some one case. Yeah, and if you want, say, you want to study a case, any case in Islam, case of beard, matter. You go and you study the hadith and the ayat and bring and you study and you read the ulama what they have said about this. Then you make it jihad of this to say, I understand from this ayat and hadith and the ulama that it is a must. You are mujtahid in this case only. You are higher in knowledge, then you can make it jihad on your madhab. Inside the madhab. You are better than that later on, you can make jihad on everything. Ulama, they started this way, piece by piece, until they reach the point. Like Sheikh bin Baz, Sheikh bin Uthameen, some other Sheikh before, Sheikh Islam bin Taymiyyah, some of the ulama I don't know, who really reached the point that they can go directly to Quran and give, take the evidences of it, understand it, and give the judgment. Some other ulama, they stick only to the matter because that is their capability. And people in capability are not the same. We'll see you, inshallah, next week.